0: Jesus I love him today I praise him today how many love the Lord this morning Hallelujah! Lord we give you glory Lord we give you praise we honor your holy name we are so excited that all of you are here this morning can we give all of our guests a great big hand we're delighted that you're here in the house of the Lord God bless you in Jesus name Amen. You you do only come one time as a guest, and after that we just claim you, amen, and make you part of our of our our family. And we are so thankful that you are here today. Uh, we do want to relay some some sad news: uh, the passing of of our beloved sister Zola Day, a longtime member of Tree of Life Church. Sister Zola Day, wonderful woman uh, the Lord, and. And uh, she passed late last evening. We ask you to please keep her family in your prayers. This is Nan Kernute's, uh great-grandmother. And so we ask you to keep Matthew and Nan and their babies and their family in your prayers as they grieve the passing of Sister Zola Day. Uh, and uh, the Scripture says that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. And what that means is that God knows what is coming. God knows what He has prepared for those who love His appearing. And so we thank God today that you're in this place because this is a place and this is a time when you can make things right with God. I want to be right with God. Hallelujah. I want my heart to be right with God. Hallelujah. And this morning, I will invite your attention to the gospel according to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 22. And we will begin reading from the 23rd verse of Matthew, chapter 22. The scripture says, the same day came to him the Sadducees. Now, there are several different areas in this chapter that we're reading from where questions were presented to the Lord, all of them originating from a different source. This last half of Matthew 22 deals with various questions. We're going to read one of the questions and then a question that the Lord then poses back to the questioners. Matthew 22 verse 23, the same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise the second also, and the third unto the seventh, and last of all the women died also. Therefore in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham? And the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Hallelujah. 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 And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. I'd like to. Come down now to verse 41, following one of the other questions. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord? Saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, Till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. Hallelujah. And I just want to preach for a little while this morning on this subject, questions, questions. I want to preach to you about questions. Could we lift our voices in prayer unto the Lord and give Him praise in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Lift your voices and give God praise. Lord, we love you and thank you for your goodness and thank you for your power. Bless us in this house, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask in the name of the Lord that your mighty power would move in this house. Let your word have free course. Let your spirit move in our hearts and in our minds. Hallelujah. Let the anointing of God flow mightily and deeply through us today. We pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, "Amen." amen. And amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. It's called an interrogative sentence or an interrogative statement. This interrogative word means and is related, of course, to the word interrogation. It has to do with questioning. People have questions. Inquiring minds want to know. And and we can all relate to that. We can all understand that. The inquisitive nature of of humanity is such that when we don't know something, we, we really can't completely satisfy ourselves perhaps until we know that thing. Some things stand out to us more than others. But from the very beginning of our lives, questions have abounded in our minds. Many of us have arrived at where we are today because we have continually asked, questions. If you don't know something, don't act like you do know it. Somebody said fake it until you make it. I understand that. But when somebody's talking about something and they throw a word into the conversation with such confidence and you're thinking to yourself when that word is presented into the dialogue, you're thinking apparently I'm supposed to know what they're talking about. And there's this temptation to just nod your head and, yeah, uh-huh. Well, have you ever heard of that? Oh, who hasn't? <laughs> who hasn't? Well, you, if you don't know, ask. It, now, there's no shame in not knowing something. There's no shame in saying, hey, I've never heard of that. I, I'm not familiar with that. And then, and then asking a question. It, it, questions can take you to a place of understanding. Asking the right questions of the right people can take you to the right destination. And, and so questions have been a part of our lives from the very beginning of our life. And, and not all the time were our questions uh, very educated. You know, sometimes they were, they were uh, questions about things that maybe didn't matter much. My dad reminds me of the questions I would ask him when I was a kid. And I remember doing it. I'd just be looking out the window, and I would, I would just come out with this question. Hey, Dad, who do you think would win in a fight, a grizzly bear or a lion? And he would have to try to answer that question. I don't know how many of those matches he was privy to, but he, he would try to help me come to some understanding. And then he'd answer that, and then I'd say, What about a polar bear and a tiger? Yeah. Ever think of that? And these questions, where do they come from? We don't always know, but, but our minds are in a constant whirl, coming up with some kind of a, of a question. My sister tells the story of when her son, he's preached here, Rodney Saunders. He was a little boy, and he was praying, and she was, had been praying that God would fill him with the Holy Ghost. And he was praying in a particular service. He was knelt down at his seat just praying, and he had been knelt down for a long time, had his face bowed before the Lord. She was excited because this was the first time he had ever really prayed for such a long period of time. She was waiting any moment for him to come up with stammering lips and another tongue and ready to praise God. And, and, and she's just weeping, excited that, that her son is showing such tenderness to the Spirit of the Lord. And he finally did lift his head and he looked up at her and he said, Mom she said yes son he said i have a question she said ask anything you want he said was roy rogers a real cowboy she she said that's your question i don't know you'll have to ask papa he's the roy rogers expert I remember when Anna was a little girl, and she was, she was constantly asking questions, and, and, and one question would, would bring out an answer from me, and then, and then it'd lead to another question. It, doesn't, it never would satisfy. It would just, hey, Dad, why this? And I would try my best to explain it, and, and that led to, well, why is that? And then I'd try to answer that, and then she'd say, well, why is that? And, and it was, why, why, why? And I was, I was not, like, totally into this, into this back and forth. And so up to about the fifth or sixth why, I said, you know, uh, sweetheart, I don't know. I don't know. And I was hoping maybe that would settle this whole exchange. You know, I, I don't know. And she responded with an innocent reply. She said, but Dad, she called me Daddy, but Daddy, you know everything. And I thought she made a pretty good point. I mean, I was... I hadn't really looked at it like that. <laughs> but I felt like that was, you know, something I hadn't considered. I had never thought of myself as having known everything. You learn quickly in life that you don't know everything. It's very, very early before you are fully able to register it. You don't know everything. And you don't know anybody who knows everything except the Lord. And so, so you you come to this, this place in your in your mind where you understand, hey, I don't understand these things. I don't understand what this means, what that means, what, why this has to be, why that has to be. And so our, our questions begin to accumulate. And then the questions become serious. And I want you to know today that, that there is no question too big for God. And you don't have to be intimidated to ask God questions. When you ask God questions, I want to encourage you to do so in prayer. That's where you talk to God is in prayer. And, and with an open Bible and with an open mind. With an open heart. And say, speak, Lord, for thy servant hear it. See, the word question Actually, in that word is is the word quest. It is a a quest that we are on. It's a journey that we are taking that is going to lead us to a particular destination. So when our mind begins to ask something, it is because we are on a quest. Hopefully, that quest is a quest for truth. Hopefully, that is a quest for understanding. The Bible admonishes us, with all thy getting, get understanding, get wisdom, get knowledge. Make sure that you learn as much as you can about the Lord. Learn of me, Jesus said. He said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light learn of me he has a lot to teach you about himself and you can learn all you need to know about life by being in tune with the Lord Jesus Christ oh hallelujah I'm glad when I started asking questions that I was taught at an early age to go to this holy Bible And not to some self-proclaimed guru who seeks and, and claims to have answers in this life. I'm going to tell you who I want to teach me about this life. The creator of life. The originator of life. The one who created me. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves hallelujah when you have a question take it to god in prayer no matter how big no matter how small if it's a question that haunts you take it to god in prayer if it's a question that torments you take it to god in prayer if it's a question that nags at your mind Take it to God in prayer. He's a great big God. He can handle your questions. There is no question you have that is intimidating to Him. And when He doesn't give you an answer, He'll give you peace that passes all understanding. There are some things that are too big, too much, too expansive for us to understand. And so it requires a peace that surpasses our understanding. What quest we are on is determined by the origination of our question. Whatever it is that led us to ask the question. Some people ask questions because they are seeking truth. Some people ask questions because they are wanting to lead the witness. They're not asking to know, they're asking for you to know some questions are rhetorical questions they're not meant to be answered they're meant to reveal something to you in fact many times in the court of law an attorney who has already determined that they know the outcome of a particular line of questioning they will begin this line of questioning carefully Crafting the question to lead the witness into the answer that they want them to arrive at. And many times the opposing attorney will see what they're doing and will object, Your Honor. Leading the witness. Because he knows these questions aren't meant to arrive at the truth. These questions are meant to create a perception or to create a reality. In this passage of Scripture, we see Jesus confronted by questions. Questions that were not of the purest of motives. These were questions by individuals who had determined already the outcome of what they wanted to achieve by asking Jesus these questions. So the question, the first question came from the Herodians but they were stirred up by the Pharisees. The Pharisees gathered the Herodians together and sent their disciples into the company of the Herodians and said, go ask Jesus this question. And Matthew 22 says that they hoped by this line of questioning that they could entangle Jesus in his own words. They hoped that they could lead Jesus into saying something that was against the law. They had hoped that somehow they could capture him in in a compromising statement that would put him at odds with Herod's government. And so they brought to him a coin. And they said, look, and they they approached it with, with, with hypocrisy. They acted like they were fans of his. They came to him and said, you are a man of truth. You tell it like it is. You don't, you're looking for a kingdom to come. You're not interested in the kingdoms of this world. So tell us, should we even worry about paying taxes at all? And Jesus said, are you serious? And they said, yeah, we want to know, should we even worry? I mean, we're looking for a a kingdom that's coming, not the kingdom that we're in now. And Jesus said, why tempt ye me, hypocrite? He said, bring me one of your coins. And they brought him one of their coins. He said, whose face do you see? And they said, George Washington. No, it wasn't that one on their coin. They said, Caesar. He said, well, then render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And render unto God the things that are God's. In other words, just because you're in the kingdom of Jesus Christ doesn't mean you don't need to be a law-abiding citizen. That's what makes Christians stand out, is that while we're seeking a kingdom to come, we abide by the laws of the land. And so Jesus said, don't, don't, don't try to tempt me with that. You're not going to get me entangled in my own words. If it's got Caesar's inscription on it, then you know that when the taxes are levied, you're going to have to pay the taxes. But that doesn't mean that you don't give to God what belongs to God. Render unto God the things that are God's and render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. The very same day after the Herodians had come to entangle him in his words, they were sent by the Pharisees. And let me tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, that that's what the devil will try to do. The devil will try to send a question down your path to entangle Jesus in his words. Hallelujah. You need to have a clear understanding of the word of God. You need to listen for the certain sound of truth. You need to be diligent in your study of the word of God. The Bible says study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed hallelujah rightly dividing the word of truth you need to get so familiar with this Bible that you can quote it chapter and verse you need to get so familiar with this Bible that when a false doctrine comes down your path you can flip through the Rolodex of scriptures in your mind and say no There's a red flag on that doctrine because the saith the Lord, it is written. When the adversary tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he brought one temptation after another against Jesus. Jesus responded by saying, "It." is written and he quoted the scriptures verbatim that's how you overcome temptation you quote the word of god you respond with the scriptures I'm going to tell you something, if you'll build your life upon the scriptures, there's no storm that can overtake you. If you'll build your home on the scriptures, there's no storm that can overtake your home. If you'll build your ministry and your marriage and your finances and your life upon the word of our God, let me tell you that the foundation of God will stand sure in your life. And you'll be like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And when the storm came, it was unable to topple his house. Hallelujah. And Jesus, Jesus responded to those Herodians by saying, no, 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 you need to understand. I know what you're doing. You're tempting me. You're being hypocritical. You don't believe in what I'm teaching. You're coming to me with a question to entangle me. And the enemy will put questions in your heart and in your mind to try to entangle Jesus. Try to entangle him in his own words. When I'm reading the word of the Lord and I come across something that does not make sense to me, I don't panic. I pray. And I keep reading. Because I know somewhere what was a conundrum is about to turn into enlightenment. It's about to become a revelation. And more than that, it's about to become a life-changing revelation. It's about to turn me inside out. It's about to become a landmark in my life. The very same day that the Herodians approached him with their entangled question. Came the Sadducees. And they began to question the very fundamental message of Jesus Christ. The message of the resurrection. This is the fundamental message. Jesus rose from the dead he is lord he is lord he has risen from the dead and he is lord every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that jesus hallelujah christ is lord listen ladies and gentlemen when i die hallelujah by and by i'm gonna fly away This is the message of the church. This is the hope of the believer. This is the promise for the Christian. This is why we're baptized into Jesus' name. Because it is in that name that we have power. This is why we're filled with the Holy Ghost. That spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken our mortal bodies and we shall be changed hallelujah hey i show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed. glory it is the message of the church it's the message of jesus yes he died yes he was buried but he rose from the dead oh hallelujah oh hallelujah and the sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection and so they came to him and challenged him on the resurrection. And they said to him, let me, let me give you a scenario. And that's what the devil likes to do. The devil likes to paint some, some far out scenario. And say, well what if this happened and that happened? And then that happened and then this happened. And then this one and that and that and this. And then that and then, and then what? Questions, questions. Paul said avoid foolish questions. The Bible describes people who are ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So the scripture says that that they asked him, "What what about if a guy is married but doesn't have children, and his brother marries his wife to bring children, and he doesn't, and then the third, and then the fourth, and the fifth, and they said, in fact, we know somebody this happened to. And it got to the seventh brother, and, and, and they, none of them had children. And so the woman then died at the end. So whose wife is she in the resurrection? And Jesus responded to them, their question, by saying, you do err. And this is where your error is. You don't know the scripture. I'm going to tell you, that's where your error is. You want to know where you're struggling? You don't know the scriptures. You want to know where your questions are getting the best of you? You don't know the scriptures. You're tuned into Dr. Phil and Oprah and every other, every other source of advice and counsel. The Bible said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He said, you do err not knowing the scriptures. Because if you know the scriptures and rightly divide the scriptures, the scriptures will answer your questions. most complicated of questions the kind of questions of well what if this and what if that and what if they and then what if this and then that and this and then what the scriptures have an answer Jesus said we don't marry in the resurrection we're not married and we're not given in marriage we are like the angels and if you knew the scriptures you would know that And furthermore, if you knew the scriptures, you would know the power of God. When you know the scriptures. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm going to have to preach it like I feel it. When you know the scriptures, you know the power of God. You need to get into some Jeremiah 29 that says, thus saith the Lord of hosts. The God of Israel. Listen, if you're struggling right now, and you've got questions, and you've got fear, and you've got doubt, and you've got worry, hear what I'm telling you. Study the scriptures. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them." Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters. That you may be increased there. Where? In your captivity. You may be increased and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof you shall have peace. Somebody said, well, what do we do if we're carried away captive? What do we do if we get into a place of of difficulty and challenge? He said, build a house and live in it. Plant a garden and eat of it. Raise your family. Live life and pray for the peace of that city. And in the peace of that city, you will have peace. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you neither hearken to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. You're thinking about it so much, worried about it so much, fretting about it so much, you're causing yourself to dream it. And you're accepting that as your word from the Lord. The scriptures are your word from the Lord. For they prophesy falsely unto you. In my name I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. And perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. You know where your error is? You don't know the scriptures that's your error that's where you need to brush up on things that's going to answer your worry that's going to answer your fear that's going to answer your doubt let's let's study the scripture some more shall we come on somebody i'm just going to read it I'm telling you, this is the word of the Lord for somebody right now. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise of pestilence. I'm just going to tell you something. I'm just going to tell you something. Psalm 91 is the most difficult psalm for me to get through when I'm preaching. I can hardly preach through it. Because by the time I get to the third verse, I'm shouting. I lose my breath. I lose my voice. So y'all just have to shout with me. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Are you ready? Are you ready to learn the scriptures? Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge even the most high the habitation there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, I will answer him, I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him with long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You err not knowing the scriptures. The error comes when we don't know the scriptures. Because when we don't know the scriptures, we don't know the power of God. We take our fear for a sign. The spirit of fear speaks to us, and we think it's the Lord speaking. It's not the Lord. He did not give you the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. If you knew the scriptures, you'd know the spirit of fear doesn't come from God. Build your house and live in it. Plant your garden and eat of it. quest are you on? Are you on a quest to prove God or disprove God? Where does your question originate? Who is planting that question in your mind? I don't, listen, I'm as going to tell you right now. I don't care who put the question in your mind. Take it to God. I don't care what you were walking by when whatever spirit spoke that doubtful disputation into your heart. If you can't shake it off in prayer, open up the Word of God and the Word of God will handle that doubt in you. The Word of God will take that doubt and put it in its place. You will be reminded again of the power of God and of the scriptures, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you. The Pharisees came back to him when the Sadducees were finished and they said, all right, fine, we've got a question. What's your question? What's the greatest commandment? See, these are the things the devil questions about God. He questions the law of God. What, what really should we do? What really should we obey? Is it that important to be obedient to God? Is the resurrection real? Is, is heaven real? These are the questions that the enemy puts in our mind. Should I, should I, is there some way I can entangle him in his words and disprove him that way? These are questions that the enemy puts in our minds. So the Pharisees come up with their question, what is the greatest commandment? They didn't know who they were messing with. This is the commandment in human flesh. This is the word made flesh. They, they had no clue who they were dealing with. Not only is he the one who spoke the law, engraved the law, established the law, he became the law in flesh. Flag- when you're looking at Jesus, you're looking at the Ten commandments come to life. This one could look at somebody and say, you think you're so holy because you haven't physically committed adultery? I'm telling you, if you've looked on a woman and lusted, you've committed adultery in your heart. This is the one who could say, you think you're holy because you didn't strangle who you hated? I've come to tell you, when you hated them, you strangled them. He is the Word in flesh, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. What is the great commandment? And they expected him just to pull something out of the hat. Uh, Hold on, I'll tell you in just a minute. Like a fortune cookie wrapper. Oh yeah, this is a good one. Thou shalt not steal, that's a good one. Maybe that's the best. Or thou shalt not kill, or have no other gods before me. He said, no, 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 I'm going to teach you something. Here's the greatest commandment. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shall you serve. And you shall love him with all your heart, and you shall love him with all your mind, and you shall love him with all your soul, and you shall love him with all your strength. And the second that you didn't ask about is like unto the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself upon these Lord law and the prophets I'm gonna tell you if you can let God inscribe those two commandments into your heart you'll keep every last commandment and the Pharisees were stunned. After each of these answers, the Bible says, they, were, they marveled. They were astonished at his doctrine. And, and then and they were stunned. And then here came, here came the real challenge. And this is, where, this is where you want to get serious. Because you've been saying, God, what about this? What about that? Sometimes to answer your questions, he'll ask you a question. Some of you are in the middle of being questioned by God right now. Let me just tell you something. God's not asking you questions because He's looking for understanding. He's asking you questions to give you understanding. I'm I'm preaching to some people right now. I know it in the Holy Ghost. You are being questioned by God right now. I mean, you're like a contestant on Jeopardy. And it's final Jeopardy. You're just standing there going through life like, na 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 You don't know. You, you're trying to figure out what, what does this mean. And he looks at the Pharisees and said, Who is the Christ? What do you mean, who is the Christ? Whose son is he? Well, he's the son of David. That's what they would say. Those who cried out to him often would say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Because they knew he would come from the lineage of David. Jesus said, okay, he is the son of David. Then fancy me this. Why did David say? Concerning his son, the Lord, said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. What he was saying was God almighty hallelujah was made of a woman made under the law became the only begotten son of God lived a life of obedience died the death of the cross was buried in a borrowed tomb rose from the dead showed himself alive by many infallible proofs and ascended on high to sit at the right hand of the majesty until he make his enemies his footstool. Then shall the kingdom be delivered to the Father that God may be all in all. In other words, he was saying, Am I David's son or am I David's Lord? In other words, he was revealing to them through question. Jesus is Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you, he might ask you a question in a different way, but here's always the answer. Jesus is Lord he might ask you a different kind of question might come from a totally different angle but it's always going to arrive at the same answer Jesus is Lord and he might ask you through a different trial or a different tribulation or a different problem an equation but here's the answer Jesus is Lord that's always the answer that's the answer to everything Jesus that's the answer to your cancer that's the answer to your diabetes that's the answer to your pain that's the answer to your grief Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord I need somebody right now who knows he's Lord to lift up a praise that he's worthy of Stand with me right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Stand with me. Stand with me. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Hallelujah. Jesus has come to give you an ultimate answer to all your questions. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. When they came to that answer, their questions stopped. And they never asked him another question. I'm going to tell you something. The sooner you come to that understanding, the better. It's going to take care of every question that ever pops up in your mind again. Another question will pop up here, and another question will pop up there. And the answer to every one of them will always be, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You could be sitting in that hospital room, waiting on the prognosis from the doctor. A thousand questions whirling around in your brain. But the answer to every one of them, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. the pain of somebody in this room today I feel the pain God has let me feel your pain God has let me feel your fear God has let me feel your infirmity and he's given me the answer to your question Jesus is Lord he is Lord he is Lord he is risen from the dead and he is Lord Lord He is Lord! He is Lord! I need somebody who believes it right now to come to the front of this house and lift your hands and humble all of the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords. I want everybody right now with a question in your mind, a question in your heart. I want you to come right now and begin magnifying Jesus as Lord. Oh God! Oh, God. Oh, God. Every knee,
1: Every knee shall bow. Every, Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ. is Lord.
0: God is in this place right now. He's here to heal. He's here to give peace. He's here to give joy. Come on all across this building. Just begin pouring your heart out to Him right now. Begin pouring your heart out to Him right now. You should either lift your hand